Hi, and welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Bayer, and I will be your host. Today's guest is Matt Wolf. In case you haven't heard of Matt, well, he is the co-host of one of my favorite podcasts called Hustle and Flowchart. Definitely tune in. You've probably heard me talk and obsess about Hustle and Flowchart. Well, Matt and I get into a conversation about all things that have to do with podcasting, how to monetize when it comes to podcasting, and also other topics such as traffic conversion. And we kind of geek out about topics such as bounce rate and other marketing speak. One of Matt's superpowers is also building email lists, which is something that I'm actually terrible at. So if you're in the public relations world or entrepreneur world or digital marketing world, or even just having your own business or in charge of a business, you must know how to build an email list. So that is one of Matt's secret powers. And it's also one of the secrets that he talks about and how to connect the dots between his podcast and building an email list. Welcome Matt to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm super excited to be here with Matt Wolf. Hey, Matt, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good. So you didn't know it, but I've kind of unofficially joined the Hustle and Flowchart team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it. We're, we're, we're going, you're sending us all sorts of amazing guests and we're bringing them all on without hesitation. So <laughs> It's been awesome. So just a little bit of background. So I, I've been following you guys on your podcast for, it seems like a couple of years, but I really got to know both of you when I did the mastermind at PodFest this past March and spent the day together learning all of your podcast secrets and, and more and meeting everybody. So for those that don't know you, Matt, just can you give a little intro on your background and besides the fact that you're the co-host of Hustle and Flowchart? Yeah, so I've been doing digital marketing as kind of a career since about 2007. Um, I actually left my day job in 2009, but was doing it on the side since about 2007 with my partner, Joe. Uh, we started off as bloggers. We blogged on personal finance and health, and uh, we had a, a blog around gardening, which failed, so we abandoned that one, but um, started in the early days in blogging. Um, got a lot of feedback that people wanted to learn what I was doing in the blogging space. So I created a course around blogging, uh, taught people about blogging, monetizing blogs, growing blogs, that sort of thing uh, for years, uh, and then sold that business in 2015. Um, in 2015, Joe and I decided to kind of get more about uh, what we were doing together. Uh, we created an agency together, ran that for a couple of years, decided the agency life wasn't for us and then went full on in 2017 with the, the podcasting stuff that we're doing now, which is kind of a combo of uh, podcasting, a membership site, and affiliate marketing. And that's kind of what we've been doing for the last four, four and a half years now, is just fully focusing on creating content in the form of podcasting, promoting affiliate offers, and um, you know, putting people into our membership site. It's funny you bring up blogging. So one of my questions here I had on my little stickies was about um, should a brand start a podcast versus a blog? But before you answer that question, I just have to tell you a quick funny story it reminded me of. So when blogging first became a thing, you know, I had a PR agency and we were very quick to enter the whole digital age. And we helped part of the strategy for PR was one of our clients create a blog. So Blogging was so not a thing that we actually did a press release announcing my client's blog. It was a business and technology company. Mm. And their internal IT team saw the, the, the editorial coverage and they were like, 
why would we start a blog? Why would we give away all of our secrets? Why would we tell, you know, educate? And it was just like so new that people were paranoid to start a blog. And mm. now it's like, if you don't have a blog, it's like basically like not having a website. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so my question is, is should you start a podcast now instead of a blog or podcast the new blog? You know, I don't know if it necessarily matters. I think it's important that you put content out there around your brand and what you're doing. Um, whether it's a blog or a podcast, I'm not sure if that, uh, if it really matters or not. I guess if, I, if I'm being totally honest, I think it's probably easier to get eyeballs on a blog than it is a podcast. We love podcasting because we love the medium. I actually was an audio engineer when I was in college. Um, so I have like a, a background in audio and it, it's, it's something I've always really enjoyed, but it's it, at times it can be a grind to grow a podcast. Um, with a, a blog, I think it's actually a little bit easier to get eyeballs on, but I think it, it kind of comes down to whatever medium you enjoy making the most. So for Joe and I, we, we wrote a lot of content, but it got sort of tedious to be writing content all the time. And then we found that with a podcast, we would actually stay much more consistent with it. We'd have like a blogging routine where we'd make a new post like every week, and then we'd sort of fall off after like six weeks. And then there'd go like several weeks of no new content on the blog. And then we'd have to try to force ourselves back into a routine. We'd go for five or six weeks, and then it would fall off again. But what we noticed with podcasting, we're just having interviews and conversations and doing what we would do anyway with people and turning that into content. So for us, the it was a lot easier for us to be consistent with podcasting than with written content. But I also think written content is a little bit easier to get eyeballs on. It's it's a lot, it's an easier sell to get people to go read an article or skim an article than listen to 45 minutes to an hour of content. So, you know, I guess you got to kind of weigh the pros and cons, but I think the key is you should have some form of content marketing where you're out there educating, showing you the expert, you know, branding yourself in that way. Yeah, I'm um, of the school of, you know, if you're a brand, you, you also have the power to be the media. You don't have to rely on the media and the journalists, even though the mm -hmm. journalists are super important. So to me, it just makes sense to, you know, use a blog to be, to, to be the brand journalist. Um, and then the podcast, in some ways, it seems like podcasting is easier than blogging because you, you can just do what we're doing right now and do an right. interview and um, but you also have to be the one doing it and you can't just say, oh, you know, let me find a, you know, a, a ghostwriter, a writer to help write some of this content where the, the podcast is the host and it's, you know, it's more on you. But I don't know. I just, I think that I like the idea of the podcast starting as like the first point of content mm -hmm. and then how you guys do it like with the show notes and then um, it turns into all these different like formats that you can use to to um to be the brand journalist if you're talking about a i'm just curious about your opinion about brands starting podcasts their own podcasts yeah i i think it's a, i think it's a great idea to have a podcast I, I agree with you i think podcasts are easier to sort of be consistent with they're easier to to record if you want a written uh, blog post you could always repurpose content from the podcast and make that into written blog posts um you know so there's at the end of the day, I really think it's important that you have content that attracts people in, you know, there's the SEO benefits, there's the branding benefits, there's the prove your expertise, like you're proving your expertise through the content that you're putting out. So I think if you have some sort of content marketing plan, I think that's really the key. Um, whether you choose a podcast or a blog, you know, it's a lot of people just prefer writing over 
over talking. A lot of people just love sitting down, putting their heads down and writing a ton of content. And if that's for you, I, I say you do that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think all businesses, there's, there's benefits of having a podcast or a content marketing strategy around it. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if that totally answered the question yeah, or yeah. not, but um, yeah, I, 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 I think there's a lot of value in having podcasts. And one of the things I was noticing, we were just doing research. I'm writing a couple articles on um, public relations podcasts and digital marketing podcasts and going through some of the ones that were coming up and just like searches in Google or searches on, you know, Spotify, like some of the podcasts, they're not consistent at all. Like, you know, right. maybe their last episode was three months ago. Maybe it was a year ago. Maybe it was, they've, they've, you know, put out maybe three episodes this year. So What's your take on consistency and frequency? Oh, I think that's 100% the key to success with, especially yeah. with podcasting. Uh, you know, Joe and I, we've had multiple podcasts over the years and they always sort of faded off because we couldn't stay consistent with them. And this new show, well, I say new, it's four years old now, but the, the show that we're doing now, um, you know, we haven't missed an episode in four years. We haven't like missed a scheduled release date. And I think that's a big key to the growth of it. I think you need to give people something to expect from you. You need to, you know, our show comes out Tuesdays and Thursdays. I think people kind of know that schedule. So they're, they're kind of waiting for them where if you have a show that's like, there's one episode one day and then the next episode's three weeks later and then there's one two days later and then there's one two months later. People don't know what to expect and they probably just check out and unsubscribe from your podcast and, and just kind of stop paying attention. I think, I think the consistency is key. I, think, I really think you need to give your audience something to look forward to and to you know, kind of plan for. I think you know, it's, like, it's like TV shows, right? When you have a favorite TV show that comes out like every Wednesday night at 8 p.m., people kind of start to get excited about it and know that it's coming and sort of plan the time to watch that show. And I think the same can happen with podcasts and, and even with blog posts and any sort of content marketing. YouTube is the same way. YouTube's essentially like a new TV station to people where if they expect a new episode every Wednesday, they're going to be looking for that new episode every Wednesday. So I think you need to give them that expectation and ideally they keep coming back. Right. So what do you think is the difference that made you guys so consistent with this podcast so that you're just, and do you have a backup plan, an emergency plan where you don't, the get, you know, somehow you, something happens and you, the guests don't, maybe you're behind or something. Do you just do yeah, a live so, one? <laughs> well, with our podcast now, I think the biggest key is just the systems that we put in place, right? So uh, before we would just kind of book podcasts whenever people were available. Uh, we, we'd reach out to somebody and say, hey, can you do a podcast? And they'd say, sure, what date works? And we'd both kind of compare calendars and figure out a date. And that, you know, only worked for so long. What the, the thing that really kind of got us real consistent was starting to batch record. So we'll record three or four episodes in a single day so that, uh, you know, only twice a month are we recording and we're releasing eight or nine episodes a month. We're releasing two a week. So we'll just record two, one or two days a month. Sometimes we'll, we'll have to squeeze in a third day just to like accommodate some prima donnas and their schedules and stuff. But <laughs> for the most part, we only record two days a month. And when, um, when we started doing that, now we're always like eight weeks ahead of it. So that's kind of also our backup plan is that we're always way out ahead of it. We'll know three weeks before an episode goes live, if that episode's going to be ready or not. You know, if somebody cancels on us, the person who canceled, their episode probably wasn't scheduled to go live for six weeks from now. So that gives us plenty of, of room to sort of fill in the gap. And 
we'll either book in another guest on a, a random day or Joe and I will record what we call a therapy session where there's no guests. It's just Joe and I talking. Um, so that's kind of our backup plan, but it's really that, that, that batching system that was really the, the, the sort of catalyst to the consistency in our, in our podcasting. I think that was one of the biggest takeaways from the mastermind is um, I started doing the batching system. And so I do my interviews two days a week, same thing. And now I'm, at first it was very stressful because I was trying to get ahead and now we're finally two or three weeks ahead. And it's just like, everything's not a complete emergency, you know, to get things done. So that was, that was a big tip, but you guys do a lot more than podcasting. (laughs) Yeah, um, (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I get your, is it the weekly profit that you send out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have a, a Saturday email, which is the weekly profit. Uh, we actually have a, another email newsletter called the Evergreen Profits Insider, which Joe sends every Monday now, which is just to customers. So the weekly profit, it goes to our entire list. The Evergreen Profits Insiders just goes to the customer list. Uh, and then we've got our print newsletter, which is called the Evergreen Profits Letter. And that one is a once a month printed newsletter that we ship, you know, physically to people's houses. Yep. <laughs> There's a copy of it right there. Yeah. We actually ship that out and that's notes from the podcast. So we've got that as well, but it's kind of funny because we do a lot more than podcasting, but it feels like most of our time is spent focused on the podcast because everything else is sort of a byproduct off of the podcast. So when you talk about like just the funnel, top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. So would you say that hustle and flow chart is basically top of funnel for you guys? And that's where you're getting your most exposure and things are filtering down from there? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The, the, pretty much when we go on other podcasts or we're, you know, we're out there sort of putting out our brand anywhere, we're usually telling them about hustle and flow chart, trying to get them to listen to the podcast first. Cause we know if somebody listens to the podcast and they're, you know, they're spending an hour plus with us, essentially with us in their ears, we know that they're going to, they're either going to love us or hate us by the end of those podcasts. They're going to know who we are. And so if we bring them in through the podcast first, that usually gets people staying on our list, consuming more podcasts from us, um, you know, reading more of what we're putting out. So if we start with the podcast and we get people to know us really early on, we feel like everything further down the line is a little bit easier. And what is the, um, what's the KPI? Like what, if you're starting a, a podcast, like how are you measuring the success of it? So, you know, it's, we're probably different than most podcasts because um, we're not going after sponsors and trying to get as many podcast downloads as possible so we can get bigger and bigger and bigger sponsorship revenues. For us, we're real focused on email list growth. So our biggest KPI is we want to know how many people are getting added to our email list. Because if you're getting added to our email list, we know that we're going to be able to put our affiliate offers in front of you. We know we're going to be able to put our membership in front of you, which makes it easier to consume our content. Uh, we know you're going to see more future episodes of ours. Um, we can We can sort of steer you where we'd like to steer you. So our biggest KPI is, is, is list growth. We want to see new subscribers on our email list every single day. Uh, we do watch download numbers. We do watch how many downloads we're getting per episode, how many downloads we're getting per month. We, we kind of keep an eye on that, but that's, you know, it's not as much of a KPI as it is just kind of our own sort of egotistical needs to know our, our podcast is growing. But really at the end of the day, we're looking for the email subscribers. Have you always had that as a KPI, like since day one with the, was that always part of the, the strategy? Collecting I would emails? say since we started Hustle and Flowchart, that was always kind of the strategy. Um, past podcasts, not as much past podcasts. We just 
kind of interviewed people, put the content out there. Um, and it was just kind of more, hey, we want people to know us and see what we're doing. We didn't have calls to action. We were just putting out content. And then we were just focused on the download numbers. We just wanted to get more and more people listening, but it didn't lead to, you know, actual business results usually. It just led to more people knowing who we were, which at the end of the day is cool, but it's not really what we're going for. We want sales. We want, we want our business to grow. We need the income. We need to, you know, pay our team members. We, you know, the, so at the end of the day, we're going for sales. And I think there's a lot of podcasters out there that, that are more of that hobby approach where if you're just out there talking about something that you love, it's your passion, you, you know, maybe you're into uh, gardening or something and you start a gardening podcast, but you don't really have business implications. You just love talking about gardening. Well, then your KPI should probably be watching your download numbers and growing your audience there. But for us, we started as a marketing company, a business, affiliate marketers. We were all that stuff first. The podcast was a, a marketing strategy. We bolted on top of it to feed all the other stuff. Right. So we came into this new podcast is this is the, the, the top of funnel to get everybody over to this other stuff. So the approach coming into this podcast was different than past podcasts we've done. So I would say this show. Yeah, we did start with, you know, we want the, the subscribers. We want sales. We want members. We want we want all of this stuff that comes after the podcast. Um, so, you know, we were watching download numbers, but really the from the very beginning, we were trying to grow our list off of it. Yeah. So in the, the name of your show, Hustle and Flowchart, mm -hmm. Joe is the hustle, the connector. Yep. <laughs> and Matt, you are the, the flowchart numbers guy. Like, uh, And so if you can give us some tips. So if you're just starting a podcast, um, I mean, obviously, if you're starting a podcast for a brand, you know, this would be, you know, a top of funnel touch. Or if you're a guest on a podcast, it's also from a PR standpoint, top of funnel. So what are some ways that um, you can build a list? With, if you're the host of a podcast, let's start out with that. So what are some easy ways that you just started implementing that somebody else could do? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the main way we grow our list with our podcast is we actually have somebody that on our team who takes notes on the episodes. So if somebody's listening to our show and maybe they're out for a run or they're driving or they can't really take notes on the show, then they can go opt in and we'll give them essentially the Cliff's notes from the episode. That's been the most effective lead magnet from a podcast that we've used. Um, you can also do more generic lead magnets. We've got what we call the traffic playbook, the affiliate marketing playbook, and the podcasting playbook. Yeah. So we've got, oh yeah, it's not called the traffic playbook. It's called the evergreen. Evergreen traffic playbook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have it. I have it. <laughs> I was drawing a blank on the name. So we got these three playbooks and they're all, they're all sort of generic, um, like opt-in freebies that we can give away. If we talk about affiliate marketing, we can give that away. If we talk about podcasting, we give that away. If we talk about traffic, we give the traffic book away. So we've got those three lead magnets and those work really well. You can do, you can offer like cheat sheets, things like that. But the companions, just taking notes on the episode and saying, hey, if you enjoyed this episode, go back and read the notes on it. You're probably going to gain even more wisdom from what you might've missed. That's been the absolute best lead magnet from a podcast that we found so far. That makes sense because if you're a lot of people, they're listening to podcasts while they're driving, working out. I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm walking too. So I'm not, I don't have, you know, a way to really take notes. Maybe I'll just do like a quick note, but I think that the notes are, are super effective and that's a brilliant way to, um, to collect emails for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the same way. I, I usually am in the car or walking, so I'm can't have notes. And um, I wish more podcasts did it because <laughs> I would probably opt in and be customers of, of their newsletters as well because I'm, I'm the same way. 
So realistically, um, like what could somebody expect? I mean, I guess it has to do with like the popularity of their podcast and how many listeners, but I, I remember getting your email. I think it was the weekly profit, maybe this week or the week before. And it was the story. I haven't read the full thing yet, but it was mm-hmm. out. So-and-so grew, they, they gained like hundreds, hundreds of thousands of um, new subscribers in one day or something like that. What was that one about? Um, I'm not sure. It may have been one that Joe wrote. But it was like, a, it was like a, an enormous way, like in one day, a growth mm. rate, which was like probably not realistic for somebody just starting out, but you've got all the secrets. So I'll just say, just, just subscribe to the list because you'll, <laughs> you'll get the, the, the daily or the weekly profit and, and get all these great nuggets to build a list. So besides building a list, what are some other ways that, um, we can monetize a podcast? Yeah, so we monetize our podcast. We we do have some sponsors now. Um, we don't we don't like to have a ton of sponsors because we think that you know when I listen to podcasts, it's like twenty minutes to get through the sponsorships. It bugs me. So you know we usually only have like one main sponsor, and then we have a couple of what we call post roll sponsors or silver level sponsors, which are at the end of the episode, uh, which are less expensive because less people actually make it to the end of the episodes than here from the beginning. Uh, but we only do one sponsorship at the front of the show. So we do earn some income off of sponsorships. Uh, we have affiliate marketing, which is our, our biggest revenue source. We've got our, our membership, which is the newsletter, but it's also, there's a digital members area where you can log in and some of our guests will create bonus content and things like that that we put into our members area. Um, and then the, the more recent thing that we've been doing is a lot of uh, sort of equity deals where companies have come to us and said, hey, look, you guys have a, a great platform that I think my product would be good for. Can we talk about the product on your show and we'll give you equity in exchange? And that's a, a fairly new but really, really exciting thing that we've started doing. We've, we've had some huge opportunities land on our plate from, from that. Um, but up until like the, the sort of JV equity deal stuff that we started doing, um, over 80% of our revenue was coming through affiliate marketing. Um, the, the membership that I mentioned that, that represents maybe 10 or 15% of our business. It's not, it's not a huge, uh, cash generator for us. In fact, we're only selling it for $15 a month or $59 a year. So it's like, we're almost breaking even on it. It's just kind of like a, we, we just need to kind of cover our costs. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. We have, a, we have a, an interesting philosophy around our business where everything that we sell outside of software, you can also find for free online. Um, but we're selling time savings and like, you know, centralization of all the content and, you know, easy use. So that's yeah. where the membership comes in. Um, but most of the money still comes from the affiliate revenue. So when you, um, when you say membership, are, are the members also what you refer to as customers? Are those yeah, yeah. members? I mean, so... I don't know. We kind of use the term in- interchangeably. When we say members, we're usually talking about our membership, the subscribers of the newsletter, um, but we'll also call them customers. But then we also have some consulting clients that we that we work with. We've got at any given time, maybe three or four that we're working with um, in the podcasting space specifically is, is kind of our sweet spot for consulting. Um, so we'll call them customers too. But for the most part, we're using customers and members and subscribers all interchangeably. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, 
and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.